You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Uh, thanks for joining us. And I would say we have some real life mothers here today. Um, our church right now, we're talking about mental health. And we like to say it's okay to not be okay. And as we talk about that, we want to focus today on comfort. Um, and I thought about what that song about God fighting our battles. That's such a comfort to us. Well, today we're going to talk about how God comforts us so we can comfort others. And he gives an image of... Um, himself comforting us as a mother comforts his children. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, We're going to open in prayer, and then I'll introduce our panel. Dear Lord, I just thank you um, that we can be here today. We thank you for um, blessing us. Thank you for giving us the gift of motherhood. And I pray that we can um, share that um, what you've taught us with others, Lord, and help us each to comfort um, those around us. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, I will start. Uh, my name is Jody, and I have two children, and they are 11. I mean, they are 11. <laughs> I don't know. That's still in my head. Um, they are 21 and 23. <laughs> I'm a decade behind. <laughs> Go ahead, Tara. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Hello. Okay, good. We're on. Um, I'm Tara Wawello, and I have three children, age seven and three and a half, and in the back is the seven-month-old. <laughs> Hi, I am Kim Day, and I have two children. Dylan is 14, and Owen is 11, but as he was reminding me this morning when he was asking me for his birthday gifts, he is less than two months away from being 12. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Uh, My name is Teresa, and I have three kids. I have a 25-year-old, a 21-year-old, and a 12-year-old. Okay, I was thinking that Tara's kids are so young that up here feels like vacation for her. So, you know, we're just going to let her just chill out. She's just so happy to be up here by herself. So we're we're all in different stages of of where our kids are, but I did think about that. Um, Our key verse is going to come from Isaiah 66, 13. And it says, I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. And um, I just... It's just such a beautiful picture. But Tara, can you go ahead and read us the passage um, from Isaiah 66, 12 through 14? For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse, you shall be carried upon her hip, and bounced upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see and your heart shall rejoice. Your bones shall flourish like the grass. And the hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants. And he shall show his indignation against his enemies. So I love that that picture that he shows of um, God comforting like a mother comforts her child. Even down to the part of bouncing on the knee. Um, When we think about that, we think about that image of a mother comforting her child. I was thinking about when my son was a baby, and when he would wake up from a nap, he always would cry. 
And every day I would pick him up, hold him, sit in the rocking chair and rock until he kind of pulled himself together and he was ready to get down and play. But that's the image that comes to my mind of a mother comforting a child. So how about for you ladies? What comes to mind either of you comforting your child or maybe your mother comforting you? Um, I was thinking about that and I was like, gosh, I hope I comfort my children. Like, <laughs> do I? <laughs> um, you know, your mind goes blank when you have to think of an example. But um, I was, so I was thinking about it and I realized one of our boys used to um, have nightmares a lot. Mm-hmm. And so he would show up a couple times a week at my side of the bed and just kind of tap me. And I would wake up just enough to like open the covers. He'd crawl in, I'd wrap my arm around him and we'd go back to sleep. And it was like, he didn't need any words. I knew what was going on. He just wanted to be with me and we would sleep that way the rest of the night. And that was, that was all he needed. <laughs> That's cute. So my first reaction <laughs> I guess was, uh, okay, (laughs) my first reaction was sometimes I feel like I'm less compassionate (laughs) or, or like not as good at comforting simply because I'm so used to, hey, don't touch that. Mm. Touch it anyway. Ow, mom, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm like, well, I told you not to do it Mm. and you did it anyway. So I'm not going to feel bad. And then we have the tears of, but you're supposed to love me. <laughs> oh, why don't you feel bad that I hurt myself? I'm like, well, I told you not to do it. But then I realized like in the context of this passage, that's basically what God was doing to Jerusalem. He's like, yeah, I'm sad when you screw up and hurt yourselves, but I did tell you not to screw up and hurt yourselves. <laughs> so there's a certain type of comfort that God gives when we are genuinely experiencing pain that mm. is a part of a fallen world. And then there's the comfort that God gives when he's like, you're an idiot. I still love you. <laughs> I don't love what you do, and I want you to not be an idiot, so I'm going to give you comfort in the appropriate way to help you learn how to make good life decisions. And so as a mother, I guess I kind of learned that, you know, God, that exasperation God has where he's like, come on, guys, I told you so. (laughs) Don't sit on your chair that way, right? (laughs) Um, Teresa, how about you? Has becoming a mother made you a more compassionate person? Yeah. Or are, you like, so. or are you like, or are you like Tara? <laughs> I became a mom so young. Um, it did. It really changed me. I was like crazy. And, um, my mom had six foster kids at the time too. So it kind of like drove me crazy and I would be very angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually I learned to just, um, have patience with them and even my own, uh, daughter to just have patience. And I don't get it all perfect. I don't know what I was doing and and relying on God was literally my direction of trying to show me how to be more comforting Mm. to kids because I was young myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How about the other two of you? Do you feel like you became more compassionate once you were a mother? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Those of you who know me maybe a little better know that I am maybe not the most, uh, I, I am like Tara in, <laughs> uh, well, that's what you get, right? <laughs> like, told you not to touch that. And now you hurt yourself. 
Um, but I would say that becoming a mother certainly made me more approachable. I am, I was not naturally just like that soft, approachable person, the kind person that people wanted to confide in maybe. Um, and I, I did somehow morph into that person after becoming a mother. And I think that a mother was just one component of it. I think there's other components as well because you're growing and maturing as you get older and have more life experiences and are, um, exposed to different, uh, just different people and if you know life is hard and it become but I definitely I went back to work at Starbucks uh part-time after I had the boys I'd worked there in college and I somehow ended up with the name Mama Kim I, I was like the store mom and I certainly was not the store mom when I was in college and had uh did not have kids I was not that person at all and so uh I became like mama bear to anyone that I cared about that's so funny that you say that they call you mama Kim, and mm-hmm. I am Mother Teresa, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> um, Who knew? That is a very strong name to live up to, okay? <laughs> so yeah, um, but I think it just as time has gone on, the, the compassion that I have for people, the willingness to help um, is just something that has grown on me throughout the years of just being a mom and um, just learning like, you know, yeah, we don't all get it right, but that's okay, let's try it again. Um, Not only learning it for myself, but also teaching my kids, like don't give up, just keep trying. Like, we don't all have it together, so let's just keep going. And uh, so yeah, it's been, it's it's made me, (laughs) but to live up to that name, Mother Teresa, (laughs) and people tell, oh, you're such a, oh no, please don't do that to me. (laughs) So why do you think we may grow in compassion once we become mothers? I'll ask you, Tara, since you... Since I took the mic. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I think it's kind of like you learn, as the word empathy, you learn other... When you've been through something, you feel for other people. So it's like after you've been through surviving childbirth and like a newborn, you have a lot more compassion for people that have gone through that because it's like, I know your pain. Let me bring you dinner. Like, <laughs> or like, I mean, learning to appreciate this whole sense of like, you've, you know, I've struggled with that. I know how you function when there's, you, there's no sleep for a really long time. And then you feel like you're going to like explode. And it's like, I, I feel that pain. Let me come help. Like, it's just like that, that sense that like when we've been through something, mm. then you feel more compassion for people that have been through it. And also I think there's a sense of awe and reverence for those that have overcome (laughs) or for those who have shown compassion. Like I know for me, it's like when I see people that are going above and beyond to help other people deal with their kids or to help other, other families kind of thrive and survive and pour into their families. Like I am in awe of those people. I'm like, you are amazing people. God bless you for how much you are loving on and helping grow people that aren't even your related to you like you're not you don't have to do it but you still choose to pour into and love on these people and I'm just like those people just I have a huge more appreciation uh, for those types of people right Um, I was thinking when we talk about comfort then when we're struggling with mental illness or we're even going through a hard time the idea of comfort is so appealing so if you are down, you really want that comfort. And I think it's just amazing how God, um, when we think of him so often as being full of wrath and judgment, is actually called the God of all comfort. So Kim, I was wondering if you could read for us 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Okay. 
Um, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Good, thank you. I was thinking too back to that question about why do we become more compassionate? I think there's something weird when you become a mother, like um, you and your baby cries, like it gets you, right? Like, and then, yeah, <laughs> the baby has to leave or else you can't even think. Um, but also once you're a mother and you hear another baby cry, it still gets you. Like you just, I mean, not to be graphic, but when you're nursing and you're another baby cry, like your milk comes in, like you're ready to go. You know, like it's, it's just like you, there's just this connection somehow that like you, you are wired now to help take care of uh, little people at least. Um, Teresa, I wanted to go back around to you and the other two can answer this too, but how have your past struggles or your losses or even your mourning helped you comfort others? Wow. Now that I can past call you struggles. Mother Teresa. Okay, um... Mother Teresa. <laughs> I became mother at 15, mind you. Mm. Um, it, it, I have grown into one being a teenager, being a mom, becoming an adult, and just being mom throughout all that change. And single mom, mind you. So it, wasn't, it was really hard for me, but I, um, I always just made sure um, I just kept moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. I always joke around and say God created me with uh, be positive blood because that's my reminder to be positive and keep <laughs> moving forward. So it's not, I guess it's not a joke because that's really what he has done for me. Um, it wasn't always easy and it's still not easy to this day. I'm still learning. We're always still learning um, at different stages as our kids grow. When, they're not, when they turn 18, they're not <laughs> completely, that's it, it's over. Like, no, it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> So, um, but it's just been, uh, it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, just being able to, one, in my relationship with God, ultimately my relationship with God first, for him to show me that I am worthy because I was told I wasn't being an unwedded mother so young. Mm. Um, but we're just for him showing me how much he really loves me, how much, um, he has forgiven me for the stupid things that I've done. And, um, that helps me to be more comforting towards my own kids and others and other moms and stuff. Because again, we don't have it all together, but if we stick into God's word and we are reminded of who we are in him, um, that helps us to become better. And so that's pretty much just, I just give it all to him because I failed. I had not have failed so many times, but God has allowed me to keep going. So, um, I just grab onto him and keep going. And I think if we didn't have those struggles and those failures, right, then it would be so easy to be judgmental yep. of others. But when we have fallen and we have struggled. Um, it, well, one thing it reminds me of when God says, you know, those who judge, you'll be judged by. I have lots of sins that I can be judged by, so I ain't trying to mess around. You know? <laughs> no. Right, right. Okay, Kim or Tara, and either you want to share about how your past struggles or losses have... <laughs> You're good? Okay. <laughs> okay. Bring that part out. Right, right, right. Exactly. We'll, we'll circle back. I won't say my kids are 11 next time we come back. 
Okay, um, so for you moms up here, how has the pandemic, or how has pandemic parenting shaped your view of motherhood? And I guess I'll start with Kim on this one. Okay, so how... Um, I think it's a little bit hard to know for sure because we're still in it. Um, I think we'll look back in 10 years and have a better answer for that. But um, it's really, really shown me the importance of community. And I am an extreme introvert, so um, I don't always value community maybe as much as I should because it's exhausting for me to be around people. I need my recharge time, but man, is it important to have a village. Like it takes a village and we've, you know, you've always heard that, but it's so true. We need each other. Our kids need each other and we need each other. And um, every component of our village is important. And um, I, I do feel like I value that um, so much more now, um, now that I've experienced the lack of it. Mm. Yeah. And I do think we'll be looking back at this for a long time. Um, do you want to go ahead, Tara? So realize very quickly that I'm not good at being the center of the world. (laughs) (laughs) And when everything shut down, it's like, oh, hey, I can't be the center of the world. Like, my, my children, like, literally, I go from being, like, I used to be able to, like, you know, have friends or go to the grocery store or, like, teach at church or have a job. Like, all these things that I used to do, all of a sudden it's like, no, I have one job. It's called mother. And that's all there is all the time. And so it's like, if my kids need anything, if it's, I'm bored, I'm sad, Rightfully so, right? I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of griefs they had to process, a lot of change, a lot of things, but it's like, you know, absolutely every single little need of those little hearts was all looking at me. And I'm like, I wasn't made to be their world because it's true, I wasn't made to be their world. And so that whole process of going, what do I do? I'm totally overwhelmed, led me to realizing, okay, because I'm not, I'm not their, like, they're supposed to have other people in their lives, they're supposed to have a community, they're supposed to have people that are better at things than me putting into their life. (laughs) And how do I use this opportunity to A, learn how to function as a unit instead of individuals, because everywhere we go, we're all together. All the time, we are no longer a scattered grouping of Wawellos that show up at different things for different times. No, we are the Wawellos. Everywhere we go, you're going to deal with all of us, whether you want us or not. (laughs) So it's like, how do we function as a unit, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, it's good to have an identity as a family. It's good to know how to manage life as a family. And it's good to know that, hey, you're part of this family. You're cleaning up after yourself. (laughs) But why? Because you're part of the family and you live here. Welcome to life. Um, but also that, that sense of like learning how do we and how do I as a mother model the fact that we don't, like all of our needs aren't met by other people and by us. We have to go to God. Like how does God meet those needs that I can't meet because I am not able to meet all those needs. So how do I d- model to my kids that, hey, you're grieving. Things are hard. You're frustrated. I get it. How do we bring that to God? Because he's the one that can meet our needs. And he's the one that can help us get through this, not me. <laughs> and so actually that First Corinthians verse that we read earlier about God being our comfort, I really resonated with verse 8 through 9, mm. which says, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life. Mm. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Mm. 
because, I mean, when we're talking about, you know, being okay with not being okay, like, I have not been okay this year. There's been a lot of times I was not okay, mm -hmm. and it was beyond what I could bear. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wow, motherhood just got real. Mm -hmm. Like, that is a completely different experience of motherhood than any other thing that I could have ever possibly prepared for. And in that being overwhelmed and overburdened, I could rely on God as my strength. Not that I got any, like, I definitely don't feel like I got s stronger per se, but it was like learning how to accept that weakness mm -hmm. and go to the source of strength and teaching my kids to do that same thing. Amen. Great. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, as far as going to God. Um, during the pandemic, everything shut down. I'm a business owner, and so I had to figure, how am I going to do this? What are the right moves to do not only as a business owner, a mom, protecting my kids. I have my in-laws that live with us. This, this virus was hitting those who are the most vulnerable in age and health-wise. And just trying to just work it all together, man. Like, I am so thankful for the first few weeks of the shutdown when everything was just like nobody knew what was going on because that was my time of disconnect from the world and just be home with my kids be home with my husband, be home with our family. It was just us again, you know? Like, everything else didn't matter. It was just us again. So that was, like, a really good recharge. But then the reality came in, like, what are our next steps? What do we have to do? You know, like, how do we live? How do we keep going? Like, the government, we didn't know if they were going to help us. Mm -hmm. Like, um, me and my husband both have our income tied into our business. And so... If we don't get paid, we don't, we, what are we gonna do, you know? Mm. The uh, unemployment was going crazy. Some people were getting it, some people weren't getting it. And in our household, some of us got it and some of us didn't get it. Mm. And then some of us got it way later, <laughs> like when we were already back to work. But just the whole trying to help my son once figuring out online school, because thankfully um, it was during spring break when all that happened and then gives us a few weeks Let's try to figure it exactly. But then it came back online. How do we do the online thing? How do we keep our kids accountable and online and still try to work and try to manage it, manage our home? Like I was trying to have my son come to my office just to keep him because he's ADHD. So focus is already a problem for him. Being at home on the computer all day, doing school has not been fun for him. It's been really, really challenging. So just trying to not only for my son's mental health and keeping him strong, but also for myself. Then I have my oldest daughter who was in Oregon during this whole crazy time working and it was not going well for her. So trying to guide her and like, what would be the best options and coming back home and how are we gonna make this work? So this last year, whew, <laughs> I swear I have PTSD from this last year because it gets me so much. But I have seen how God has used this time to grow me in so many ways and to ignite some new fires in my life for my future um, as a business owner, growing my business, um, moving it forward, providing a better life for my family and being there for my kids. So it's, it's been a crazy ride, but God is good and he gives us what we need to get through the impossible, so yeah. Great, thank you. 
Um, I think some, if you might hear first thoughts like, oh, the women who are on this panel, like they must be perfect moms. But I think we've pretty obviously made that clear that we know we are not perfect moms. And there is no such thing. And I think anybody who's had a child that first week, or if you adopt a child that first week, you are going to be a crying mess by the end of the first week, right? Like it's, there's nothing, I always say there's, yeah, first day. There's nothing, there's nothing more humbling yeah, there's nothing more humbling than being a mother. Like you might have everything else together, but you will not have motherhood together. That I think is for sure. So my question, and I'll start with Kim on this, is how has God comforted you when you are hard on yourself for mistakes you've made as a mother? Um, okay, so which mistake should I choose to talk about, right? <laughs> um, so we had... Uh, a very spirited household when our children were young. That's a nice way to put it. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, and uh, one of my children was particularly difficult. And um, like take like a normal difficult child and like times it by 10. And um, we received, and don't worry, he knows. Like, <laughs> I am not, he, he's not getting surprised by this. He loves to hear the stories about the torture he put us through. Uh, <laughs> um, I, but we were really hard on ourselves because of that. Because it was like, why are these other people, like, why do they have babies that don't cry? Or why do they have babies that sleep? And we were given um, a lot of really terrible advice. And we were told how, exactly how we should be doing things and that that would fix it. And we were just like talked at a lot. And it just made things worse. And it just made us feel like we were failing all the time because all this stuff that everyone else told us was like the miracle that would fix our child. Um, it just wasn't working. And um, gosh, it was a really hard couple of years. And, we, and I was sleep deprived. So I wasn't even thinking clearly, right? Because my child never slept. Um, and then God gifted me with the most beautiful group of women. Um, they were like 10 to 15 years ahead in parenting. Um, so they had been through all the baby and toddler phase and they were now dealing with teens and going off to college and like phase I'm in now, not college yet, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so they were so wonderful to me and they never once told me what I should be doing with my child. They told me stories of all of their horror stories. To, and like suddenly I was not alone. I was in a group of people who understood where I was, but they never compared their stories to mine as if, if I just do what they do, it'll be fine. They just let me know that I wasn't alone and they taught me how to take care of myself. Um, they did not tell me how to fix my kid. They didn't tell me how to fix the type of mother I was. They taught me how to take care of myself. Mm. And they made it clear that just because I was struggling didn't mean I was failing. Mm. That I was the mother that um, was supposed, you know, I was this child's mother for a reason. Like, mm. I, God designed me to be his mother and I was not doing everything wrong. And um, what a gift they were. I completely transformed my view of motherhood. Um, and to this day, I believe that their influence on my life still impacts the way I mother. And it was such, such a gift from God that this group of women just came in when they did and like scooped me up and told me things like, you have your, cho your, your hidden chocolate stash, right? That's just for you <laughs> that, no, that no one else knows about. Like those, these things are important. 
But so they really taught me just how to care for myself and showed me that I was not alone. And never once did they should me. Like Dr. Pate said last week, stop shooting yourself. <laughs> they didn't do that. They didn't tell me all the things I should be doing. Um, they were just there with me. It made a huge impact. It's interesting when we think of comfort because not only do we necessarily need to comfort our own children, but sometimes we have to comfort ourselves, right? Like, so that's when we're falling short. Um, I'm, I'm going to move on to ask the question, how do you think we can comfort those around us who are struggling when we think of it in light of motherhood? I'm very compassionate now. Um, my heart like really breaks for people that, um, impartially that is just growing, um, I want to see people how God sees us because um, ultimately we are, we are flawed, we fail, we're broken. We all have our own struggles. Even our moms have their own struggles. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, I've kind of seen that. Like my mom had her own struggles that she was going to through, but she was an amazing mom to mm -hmm. not only us, but my mom took on other kids and raised them. So I see the love and compassion for my mom that she's had for people and it just bleeds out through me mm -hmm. so um it's been to be able to comfort others and just encourage them along the way that we have our own struggles too you know mm -hmm. but these are some tools that god has shown me and let me share them with you they may not work for you and they may work for you i don't know you have to discover that on your own which ones work and which ones don't everybody is uniquely different and God is working on them in different ways. And so my um, encouragement to others is just whatever anybody um, gives gifts to you as far as experience, take it. Um, I've taken it from so many other women that are older than me too, uh, just through their past experiences and the things that they'd share. And like, I really hold those things close to my heart. And um, I remember some tools and I'll use them even when, during my struggles. So uh, listen to other people because <laughs> you never know what you would get out of them, the little nuggets uh, that you'll get out of them. Even if it's a chocolate stash. <laughs> even if it's a chocolate stash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> although, my, although my kids attack it now. <laughs> you have to move it every time. Yeah. <laughs> My son has learned that he does not eat at all. He better leave me. Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where the compassion ends. <laughs> okay, Tara, how, how about you? How can we be compassionate to others thinking of it through the light in light of motherhood? So I think one thing for me that came up was just giving play, people spaces to be weak and be a mess. Mm -hmm. Like to, it's okay to not have it all together and it's okay to struggle. Because I think I... I came with this set of expectations that I was never allowed to be weak, I was never allowed to struggle, and I was never allowed to be dependent on anybody else, ever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when, you're, when you have small children, you're the most dependent than you've ever been in your life, because you literally can't even, like, go to the bathroom. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, you can't, I mean, I remember, like, grocery shopping while I'm having, like, labor pains going, I can't even push my cart, like, why am I grocery shopping? And it's like, the, but that's, like, those are the things that's like, Nobody else is going to do it. And so it's like going through that. It's like giving other people the space to not have it all together and be weak. And then also giving the space to just laugh at ourselves and cry. A little bit of both. Sometimes together. Like I'm going to cry and laugh at the same time. Because it's like, you know, I, talking to other friends like, who you know, are going through this right now. It's like, did you get the poop drawn on the window? Let's cry. Then we can laugh. 
then we can go take a really, like, you know, it's just, like, this is, this is, this is, this is how we deal with life. It's like, this is the real life. Like, let, let's just talk about what did you go through this week? How many hours of sleep have you survived on? How many cups of coffee? <laughs> you got this. It's like, you can only tell someone that they've got it when they've, you know, when you've also been through the same thing. When somebody says, oh, you've got this, and they've never gone through it, and they think, oh, get your act together, then it's like, really? <laughs> So it's, it's having, coming from that place of like, I know what you're going through. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to be a mess. And you've got this and can go through it. Like all of those steps are important. And it's like having those people in those, those places that are safe enough to do that are rare and valuable and really important. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I'm going to wrap it up here. But one thing I just want to mention too is I remember years ago before we had kids being really upset after a Mother's Day sermon. And I, the sermon emphasized motherhood so much and glorified it so much that to me, not being a mother, I felt really judged and, and deflated. And I just want to reach out that, you know, God talks about comforting as a mother. So we've used that today as an example of mothers comforting and learning from, from mothers. But whether we are a mother or not a mother, we want to learn from God's comfort so we can give comfort to others. And God can use you as a mother. God can use you in any situation that you're in to share that comfort. So I just want to add that because, um, you know, if, if you're in the situation of motherhood, great. If you're not, great. God still wants to use you and use all of us um, to go forward in sharing his comfort. And I, I think it's so great that God sets himself up as he is our father, and then, but also he gathers us to himself like a mother hen, you know, like he just sets these pictures up for us, which I think is wonderful. Which reminds me, I was going to have Kim read 1 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4 once again. Okay, one more time. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any troubles with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Thank you. Okay, if the band wants to come up, and I will close this in prayer. Lord, we just thank you. How can it be that the God of the universe, the God, the almighty God, the all-knowing God, wants to reach out to us and comfort us like a mother would comfort her child. Lord, we just thank you that you are um, our dear parent, Lord, and, and we just thank you for that. We thank you that you use us to bring that compassion and that comfort to others. And I pray that you'll just open our eyes this week to see how we can share that comfort with those who are around us. In your name we pray, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.